and I love Guns N' Roses, today it's fine, but in the 90s, but there was a band that came along, and, and their name was, don't judge me, Nirvana. That was, my, that was my stuff, you know? That's what I listened to. It was a change-up of, of beat, a change-up of hoarding, change-up of style. I, I give you that example today because I, I believe a lot of times we search for peace in the wrong things. We search for meaning in the wrong things. Tragically, we know that Nirvana, it's, no, they're no longer a band. It's classical rock now, right? <laughs> and of course, the lead singer, you know, died tragically as well. Peace is not, it's not found in the things of this world. It's, it's found in Christ. It's found in Jesus. It's, it's not about finding the next big hit, the next popular thing. It's not, it's not about that stuff. It's about finding Jesus. And church, if you know Jesus today, I want you to say amen. Now here's the thing, there's a world that does not know Jesus. There's a world today, they're still trying to find that next time of peace. When the truth of the matter is, is that as believers in Jesus Christ today, we have a peace that's everlasting. He, he writes here that it's, it's going to come, and, and when, it, when it happens, when this peace comes, that it's going to be from that time forth and forevermore. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. So we look at the name of Jesus, and I want us to focus on his name today with, with four points, four names that Isaiah gives to Jesus. Definitions, definers. The first one he gives is wonderful counselor. I can't think of a better word than wonderful when I think of Jesus. So when I, when I look at who Christ has been to me in my life, I would have to say it's wonderful. What was my other option? What was my other lasting option in this world? The word wonderful, when you look in Scripture, the first time that wonderful is mentioned in Scripture, and I, I just got curious. I was like, where, where, does, where does wonderful first appear in Scripture? And you might think, well, it's you know, maybe in creation, because isn't creation wonderful? You have dogs and cats and cows. and you, know, there's, you, you have the ocean. We have creatures in the ocean we've never seen before. We have things in space. I heard this past week. I don't know how true it is, but they seem to have found water on Mars. A lot of Christians are scared by this type of science, but I'll tell you something. All it speaks to me is, is of a God who's wonderful, right? But in Genesis 1.1, we don't see the word wonderful. It's good, right? But the first time we see wonderful, the word wonderful, same meaning that we see here in, in Isaiah, the same exact word is in Judges 13, where the parents of Samson find out they're going to have Samson. The angel comes to him. And, and the dad, he's, you know, he's trying to, he's really impressed with this angel, apparently. I guess he was sore afraid. I'm not sure, but he sees this, this angel of the Lord, and he says, I want to prepare you a meal, and can, can you tell me what your name is? Can you tell me what, what you're talking about here? And the angel, he says to Manoah, Samson's father, he says, why do you ask after my name, seeing that it's wonderful? Why, why do you ask my name, seeing that it's wonderful? Some of your translations will say secret. But really what we see here is a definition of who God is. Everybody catch this, okay? But even back in the, the book of Judges, the definition of God is wonderful. 
the angel could have said a lot of things. Now, the angel's not saying he's God, okay? The angel is a messenger of God, and he's, he's relaying a message to people. And when asked, who are you? He says, why do you ask? My name's wonderful. And here in the book of Isaiah, we see that Jesus is described as wonderful. Well, that's good. Wonderful what, Daniel? I've known a lot of people who were wonderful at being terrible. <laughs> I've been wonderfully uh, clumsy in my time, you know? I've, I've been wonderfully forgetful in my time. What is Jesus? He's the wonderful counselor. I don't know what word comes to mind when you think a counselor, but I want you to know today that this is this idea that it's not really just someone you go and talk to and then they, they help you out, but it's really this idea of a counselor in the sense that this is someone who's representing you and who has power to help you. Like, like a court system. He's a, he's a counselor. He's, he's there to help us. And truly, guys, I want you to think about this. We're, we're defining Jesus and we're, we're placing him up against these names. And, and does it, does it pan out? Does it line out? Is Jesus wonderful? Amen. Is he counselor? He is. He's that fountain of wisdom and understanding. He has that perfect mastery. If you need help today, if you need a, a setting free of your soul, Jesus is that answer. He's that wonderful counselor. He's the one that, that has to do that. Because there's no one else that can. The second word we, we see, the second descriptor, of course, wonderful counselor. We, we see this, this term. And I don't want us to get lost in this one. This wasn't Isaiah just saying, oh man, there's going to be a preacher in the future and he's going to want a four-point sermon and I've only listed three names, so I need to throw this one in there. This is not what Isaiah is doing. But the word he uses here, the descriptor is mighty God. Is God mighty? It's not just God. Society has a lot, they have a lot of God out there. When I was in high school, back to the 90s, <laughs> in the late past century. Well, we see you know, a lot of people kind of look to the musicians as gods. They did. I, I remember some people, man, they just, they lived that way. That was, their, that was their thing. I've known people that look to sports as their god. We're not just talking about any god here, church. We're talking about the mighty god. <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time. I want you guys to catch this. This is not just speaking of any God, but the one true mighty God. There is no other. And I think when we look to Jesus, does he fit this description? I would say absolutely he does. He, he doesn't just satisfy this idea of someone who's just setting us free, someone who's just representing us in a court of law or something like that. But he's also God. John 1.1, which, guys, I hope you all get ready for this new year because we're going into the book of John and we're going to study it like the book of John's never been studied before, okay? But John 1.1, what does it talk about? It talks about in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. That's important. I believe as believers today, this is an important point. That God is not just some type of deity that we sometimes look to, talk to, pray to, hope we get blessed by. Kind of like Santa Claus. Kids are so focused on Santa Claus right now, aren't they? 
How focused will these kids be in January, February, March about Santa Claus? They're not going to be focused at all. But yet sometimes we approach God in the same way. We just go to God at certain times of year. And, and the rest of the year, we're just kind of like, well, yeah, he'll forgive me for these months. And then I'll, you know, about December 23rd, I'll start being good again. And so I'll get present. But the God I'm speaking of today, is, he's the mighty God. He's, he's, that, that satisfies this religious hole, if you will, in our lives. We, we are created to worship something. You see people worshiping things that you think is, is disgusting? It's because, honestly, they're trying to fulfill a desire that was built into them. And the only person, the only thing that will satisfy that is worshiping God. Are you worshiping Jesus today? Man, I, I love that last song you guys did this morning, worship team. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah, the piano and the and the, the violin coming in together. I mean, Jesse's just cool and he just sounds good. You know, he looks he, he looks like a like a worship leader and, and he's playing guitar and playing drum all at the same time and singing. That's pretty cool. Well, that's nice. But in worship, what we find is that it really directs our thoughts to who God is. If you understand that God is a mighty God and He's the only God, worship comes easy. You can't help but worship Him. And when I think about Jesus, when we're looking through these definitions that Isaiah lines out for us here, you know, we, we need that. We, we need a God in our life. We need Christ in our life. As you're reading through these names, you notice there's always a descriptor before the name, right? And it's almost like the writer knew that our minds need a ladder of adjectives to get up and understand who God is. So far, I don't know about you guys, but I'm blessed to be reminded of who Jesus is in just two names. Does he fit the descriptor? Wonderful counselor? Yes. Is he mighty God? Yes. Look at the third one here. Everlasting Father. Some people want to struggle with this because we're like, well, the Father, Jesus isn't the Father, he's the Son. But yet they are one, right? This is the whole Trinity talk we need to get into, I suppose. If, you, if you're struggling with that, join the crowd, because so do I. Remember, we're talking about a mighty God, right? We're not going to understand everything about God. But He's the everlasting Father. I think what we're getting here, we're getting this idea that God is going to send His Son, the Messiah, and this Messiah is going to be that counselor. He's going to be that mighty God, but He's also going to be that Father. Here's what the world needs today, is a good Father. We need that. Christ is that, he, he fills that role as well because he comes and takes care of business. My kids, all three of them, throughout their, uh, my time of being their parents, they always like come to me to fix something. Something's broke, right? Joni always says, go to dad, he's the fixer. <laughs> I'm the fixer. I don't know if I actually fix it, but it, you know, it's better, somewhat. It'll last a little bit. But God is that mighty God, right? And, but not just that, but He's our everlasting Father. He's the everlasting Father, the Father of eternity. Guys, I want you to catch this. A better translation of this text would actually say He's the Father of the age to come. Everlasting Father is good and it's true, but I want you to understand that true definition here is that He is the one, Jesus is the one that's going to be providing redemption in this age to come. Does Christ fit that definition? Yes, he's, he's the only answer. 
There, there is no other answer. Christ is it. He's that everlasting father. He's that everlasting fixer. If that helps you a little more. If semantics are weird for you and you just don't want to call Jesus father, well, okay. I think it'll come to you and you'll understand that, that he and the father are one and the Holy Spirit, they're all one, right? But they're distinct and separate as well. <laughs> Mighty God. But he's the everlasting father. We, we focus a lot on what's went on in the past. How many of you guys focus on the past? Christmas is hard. Christmas is tough. There, there are people who will not be sitting around tables this year that we're used to them sitting there. There's going to be, there's going to be presents that you won't give because that person's no longer there. But church, I want to tell you something, that there is an everlasting Father who loves us. And He sustains us during these times. And, and the thing is, is that we're not without hope. He didn't just leave you and I just to uh, hopefully get through this life. And then when we die, we just die. You know, we're just in the ground. He's the Father, the everlasting Father. The Father of the coming age, who's providing salvation to those who will hear. I don't know about you guys, but... This is encouraging me a little bit about who Jesus is. He's not just that little baby lying in a manger. But he's these things. How much did Jesus love us being the wonderful counselor, being the mighty God, being the everlasting father? How much did Jesus love you and I that he subjected himself to being a baby in a manger? You know? In, in a cold place. A, a place where you had to worry about food now. Tim Hawkins is, uh, I don't know if you guys know Tim Hawkins. He cracks me up. And he's got, you need to look it up online. I think it's Tim Hawkins sings Christmas songs or something. And, and he, uh, he sings this song about the, the wise men. You know, and he's like, who are these wise men? You know, here you got a baby shivering in the cold and they bring him gold. He says, rub a little gold on him. He'll be all right. He, he makes the point. Why don't you give him a blanket or some soup or something? Jesus subjected himself to these things for you. He didn't have to. Everlasting God, that doesn't sound like something that that, 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 that person would do. That mighty God. Does that sound like a mighty God thing? I, when I think of mighty God, I think of you know, a cloud or a throne or something like that. Jesus came to earth for you and I. Remember what Emmanuel means, right? God with us. God with us. Jesus fits this definition of everlasting Father. The last one we see here today is Prince of Peace. I like that one. I like that one because I, I, I these other three, you know, it's they're, they're. I don't want to say they're uh, formal, but Prince of Peace kind of has a different ring to it, doesn't it? We got a counselor. We need that. We. We're in, we're in trouble, so we need help. We have a mighty God. We need someone that's powerful enough to do the work. We need an everlasting Father. We need someone who's, who's capable of fixing the situation and being the, the one that provides the love and, the, and, and provides for us overall. You hear the, the writer in Isaiah, he, he says, Prince of Peace. When I think of Prince, I, I kind of go to the the New Testament, because we, you and I are told as believers in Jesus Christ that now we are joint heirs with who? 
Jesus. Paul writes about it extensively. We are joint heirs with Jesus. And if Jesus is a prince, then what does that make you and I? I'm not saying I deserve it. I'm not saying I even want to be de- described as a prince of God. I, I, that's not what I'm saying today. But I'm saying from the, the word prince of peace, we, it's kind of more intimate description. Jesus is not just all these things doing all this work for us because we've messed everything up. But guys, I want you to catch this. He's also that intimate God who wants to come to you and give you peace. He's the prince not just of, of, of a court, of a country, of a nation, but he's the prince of, everybody say it, peace. The prince of peace. His job is, is about peace. And honestly, I think if you define what Christianity is, should be about, it's about peace. In the church throughout the centuries, we've done a terrible job of it. We've tried to eradicate people in the name of Jesus. We've tried to you know, say, well, this, this, that, or the other in the name of Jesus, and it was all wrong. It's not even biblical. The overall message of Christmas, the overall message of the church, of Christians, is this message of peace. There is a God who loves us and He wants to reconcile and bring peace to the world. Peace will not come with bombs or lack of bombs. Peace will not come whether PETA exists or doesn't exist. Peace will not come if if all the nations of the world say, you know what, we're all just going to come together and we're all going to just be good friends. Peace will not last then. I've seen peace come and go in the Middle East, haven't you? Our hard work Men and women of our military go over to foreign countries and give their, their life, they give their blood to secure democracy. And as time goes on, what happens? It all falls back to disorder. That's a, that's a, a good point we need to look at today. Where does peace come from? It comes from knowing Jesus. And as I look at these names, he He's all of these. My Jesus is all of these. He's not, he's not just a, you know, just a religious figure that we think about from time to time, but, but he's all of these. I, as a kid, I love Santa Claus. I don't know what your thoughts are on Santa Claus, but I love Santa Claus. My kids love Santa Claus. We also understand that Santa Claus is not the, the reason for Christmas. Santa Claus is, for most of us, he's only thought about once, maybe twice a year. My challenge for you today as the church is not to look at Jesus in the same way. <laughs> and Jesus isn't just a Christmas ornament. He's not even just a Sunday morning ornament. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the everlasting Father. He's the, the mighty God. He's the wonderful Counselor. This is our Jesus. And today, you and I, we can know Him. And, and what he has done, the thing that encourages me the most out of all this, uh, what he has done is going to continue from now on. Now, guys, I, y'all know I'm a Baptist, don't you? Everybody understand that? I am. I'm proud to be a Baptist. I, I'm proud to be a Christian. But one thing the Scripture teaches us, and one thing that you and I know is that when salvation is given to us as a gift of God, that cannot be taken away from us. I have peace in that. 
you know what, I have, I have believers in Christ that are dear friends, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and they believe that they can lose their salvation, and deep down in their heart they have no peace. Because they don't know. They, they, might, they might live in church their whole life and do good stuff, and then you know, at the last moment they stump their toe and fall off a cliff and die and curse on the way down, and now they're going to hell. I literally have people that believe that. Where is the peace in that? There's no peace. But there is peace in trusting Christ as your Savior. There's peace in, in looking to Him as the author and the perfecter of your faith. There's peace in all of this. And in that, we can, we can have a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love Christmas because, um, you know, I think over the years I've just matured enough to see the, the true value in Christmas. I don't even care if I get presents anymore. Anybody else relate to that? You know what I look forward to on, on Christmas? Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, I look forward to sitting on my couch. <laughs> well, that's lazy, Daniel. Yeah, kind of. I look forward to eating my wife and my mom is cooking. I look forward to seeing other people open presents and getting the things they want. I look forward to Jaron. He's getting a really cool present this year, by the way. <laughs> Jet, you are too. I bought your present yesterday, and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna enjoy it. You're probably going to cry. <laughs> He's okay with that. That's fine. But like for me, this Christmas, I, I, look, to, I look forward to that time of being with my family. Because I know that I don't know how, what next year holds. But I do know that the Prince of Peace will be celebrated in the Henson house this year. So at the end of the day, that's all we have. And one day, because of what the Prince of Peace has done, we will have that redemption fully known and experienced. Heaven's not just a fairy tale to me. Jesus is not just a historical figure to me. But he's the prince of peace. He's the everlasting father. He's, he's the mighty God. He's the wonderful counselor. What do we do? What do we do with this information? You guys ever been given information and you're like, okay, now what do I do with it? When I was in the fire service, we go to trainings, you know, teach you to do all this stuff. And one thing that I heard a lot in trainings over the years, Jim, you, you'll understand this. You go to these trainings, you know, it's SCBA training, you know, going, you know, attacking fires or whatever, you know, uh, wildland fires. We did a lot of wildland fire training. The one thing they say is that it's good that you know it, now put it into practice. And think about it. When I first got on the fire department, you know, I was... I was a young man. I was halfway scared too because I didn't know what to experience. You know, when you're going to, I don't know what I'm going to see because you get on and all the, the veterans, they're telling you, man, you're going to see gross stuff, man. You're going to see like legs broke this way and that way. And you, know, you might have to deliver a baby and, and you're going you're gonna, to, you know, throw yourself in a, in a house that's probably 1300 degrees and all this kind of stuff. I mean, they scare you with these things. I didn't know what to think. But, but I had a, one of my veteran guys, he told me, he's like, Daniel, here's what you do. Just think about this stuff, this stuff that you're learning. Put it into practice. Come up to the station, work through stuff, put your gear on, take it off. Be disciplined in your approach to it. And put it into practice. Fall back on your training. And church, here's the thing. It's really no different for the believer today. Because here's, here's what we need to do. And I, I believe God's doing something in McLeod, FBC, don't you? I look around, I see so much good stuff. You know what I also see? I see a lot of problems. 
I see a lot of things we're trying to figure out. I told some guys this week, we kept coming up, and I said, you know what? Problems are good. That means we're growing. I'm glad we, I'm glad we care enough that we see that that's a problem. God's, God's going to be glorified in this place. But here's the thing. You as the church, as we go into 2022, man, that's weird. As we go into 2022, I want you guys to think about this. Put your faith into practice. Put, put, put what you know here in your heart into practice. If we want this place to grow, I mean, let's start thinking like that. We want this place to grow for the glory of God, right? I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not a vain preacher. I'll preach in front of two people. I don't care. I don't preach just so I can preach in front of a full house. Here's what I want. I want the people in this community to have at least the opportunity to know who Jesus is. I want them to hear the message. And man, if we have a full house every Sunday, a couple times, that'd be awesome too. I'll take it. But it's not because of your pastor. It's not because of your church. It's because of your Prince of Peace. Everybody say amen. It's because of your everlasting Father. It's because of your mighty God. It's because of your wonderful Counselor. This is the work that Jesus is doing. It's called redemption. And we get to be a part of that. Put your... Put your training to work. If you know the gospel, then put it to work. Share it. Tell someone. Let someone know. Don't just hold it in here. Conclusion this morning. Look at Psalm 119. David's writing this, and he's, 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 he's given his heart. Right? The psalmist here, he's, he's given his heart as to what it means to follow God. And I want to read this. It's not a Christmas verse, by the way. You know, y'all probably looking for it. You know, some story, uh, the Magi or the Shepherds or something. Well, that's a way to end your Christmas sermon, right? Psalm 119, look at David's words. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How many have heard that before? Church, here's the thing. If you're following Jesus, then this, this is your word. This is it. You need to value this. You need, to, you need to take these words and put them into practice. This, this word is, is a light to our path. When I was a kid, my favorite gift I got every year, and it seems like I got one every year from someone, it was a flashlight. I got a flashlight somewhere, you know? I hadn't gotten a flashlight in years, by the way. But, But I used to love getting flashlights. I, I remember as a kid, my dad was a pastor, you guys know, and, and I used to walk this little old lady to her car every, every, every night after church, Sunday nights after church, Wednesday nights after church. I, you know, I, I would leave the kids' like Bible study to go meet Miss Hattie. What a name. She was a sweet lady. She was, she was kind of a big woman. She weighed about 88 pounds. Big old woman, all right? Little skinny saint of God who raised saints of God. Just a beautiful story in her life. I think she lived to be almost 100 years old. I mean, she was just, just a wonderful lady. And I remember I was always, I'd go out and I'd, you know, she didn't even give me candy. That, I mean, that's how much I like this woman, right? A lot of the older ladies in church, they'd give me a, you know, a piece of peppermint or circus peanut or something like that, you know. Those good candies that you get. But Miss Happy, she, uh, she, I'd walk her to her car. Certain times of year, it was really dark outside. Really dark. So she bought me this flashlight, like the big ones, you know, like the, looks like a box, yellow, bright yellow, 
super bright light. She, she buys me this. And I, one, sun, one Sunday night, I go to, hey, let's go. Miss Hattie, we'll get you out to the car. And she's like, here, turn this on. I'm walking. I, we can see the, see the gravel. We can see the pavement. You know, we can see everything that's in front of us. That light was illuminating the path. She told me, she's like, that's good that you have this light now. She says, now you just need to make sure you carry it with you. I don't think that saint of God was just talking about a flashlight. I don't think someone who spent her life teaching kids about Jesus just was saying, you need a flashlight so you, you know, I don't trip. I don't think she was speaking about something bigger. Is that Jesus is that light of the world, amen? He's the, he's the light of the world. The Word of God is the, the light for our feet. But church, hear me out today. It doesn't mean anything if we don't apply it. If we don't use it. If we're not sharing it. I mean, what, God, God wants us to be active about bringing Him glory. And I pray today that our hearts are there. That, that you know, when, when God hands us that light, which He has, that we'll turn it on and we'll use it and that we'll carry it with us cool thing about the Word of God is you don't just have to carry it in book form. Most of us have it in our, in our pocket, right? And a whole lot of us in here probably have it right here. No doubt when I started reading that verse, a lot of you finished it in your head already. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We've sing it in song. We've memorized it in Sunday school. Church is a thing. We need to be focusing upon the Word of God. This year, as your pastor, as, as our church, I, I pray that we get deeper into the Word of God than we ever have before. That, that this is, this is a, a goal we have this year. That you as a believer, that apart from church, even at home, you're, you're going to make it a goal. You know, I'm going to get up in the morning and read. I'm going to read throughout the day. I'm going to read it. And I, this is going to be something that I value, that I'm going to get into the Word of God. And don't make this like one of those New Year's resolutions that you may or may not complete. Make it something that's a part of your life. Because His Word truly is a light to our path. And we cannot even know that unless we trust Jesus as our Prince of Peace, right? Look at the world today. and The issue, we, we, we try to push blame on, on issues. We try to say, well, it's our society that's the problem. It's this that's the problem. It's the music in the world that's the problem. It's the media in the world that's the problem. It's the, the networking that we see through social media. That's the problem. Church, that is not the problem. Sin is the problem. It's sin. Sounds big. Sounds, sounds daunting and scary. Until we think about who our Jesus is. He's the answer all. People thrive when they're in the will of God. But when it comes to being outside the will of God, guess what happens to them? They wither. They dry up. Church today, understand that peace, true peace, is found in knowing the Prince of Peace. And if you know it today, glory in that. Say, God, thank you for allowing me to know your peace today. But don't just stop there. Remember, His Word, His, His message is a light to our path. If we're light on our path, other people are going to benefit from that. They're going to see it. They're going to hear it. This church will continue to reach this community. Because we are going to be sharing the gospel wherever we go. That's, that's really what we need. I, we're not going to grow this church just by your pastor getting up here and preaching once a week. <laughs> There's a lot of preachers I know. That's, that's kind of their job. You know, I think, well, I'm just going to preach. And 
and the church will just grow somehow. And you got to be busy out in the fields. You got to be building relationships. You got to be loving people. You can't just sit back. We need to be busy about the work of God. And honestly, when you think about it, we should want to because, man, we serve a God who's all these things we talked about today. He's a God as we've celebrated through Advent. He's the God of hope, love, joy, peace. This is our God. There's, there's nothing bad we can say about God. He's not the God of despair. Some people, you know, they may worship alcohol. Overuse of alcohol leads to a lot of bad stuff, doesn't it? But you know, when it comes to Jesus, you can have an overload of Jesus and there's nothing bad that comes from that. You, you, may, you may value food, but man, last week we had so much food left over. I saw so many cheesecakes and pies, and, and everybody's like, you need to try this, you need to try this. And I'm like, my stomach is only so big, okay? <laughs> I can't try everything. I want to. I want to, but you overeat. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a penalty to pay from that. If, if we overindulge in sin, we're going to pay penalties from that. But I'll tell you something today. If you don't, I already know this. But you can't over, overdose on Jesus. You can't have too much of him. He's the, he's the Prince of Peace, Mighty Counselor. He's, he's what you and I need today. 